gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 297. We're getting ever so closer to 300. Uh, people have asked me on social media, what's the plan for 300? If I had one, I would let you know. Uh, I'm not shy. I'm not shy to uh, to promote podcasts. Uh, thanks to everyone who uh, gave feedback on the Green Lantern podcast, uh, Green Lantern, Beware My Power. It's out on uh, Blu-ray and digital and wherever you can get uh, d those DC animated movies. It'll be on HBO Max soon, uh, unless each HBO Max folds. Um, as long as they're still going, uh, you'll see it. And our thanks to Ernie Altbacker, for, uh, the co-writer of uh, Green Lantern, for coming on and uh, reviewing it with us. Uh, today we're going to do, as the title suggests, um, kind of an homage to the old 90s comic. It was a great comic. It was when comics were really, really cool. It was called DC versus Marvel. Because in today's news, it seems like there's a lot happening with both DC and Marvel, both on the small screen and the big screen. Uh, joining us uh, today is somebody who I've been trying to get on the podcast for months. I mean, literally <laughs> months. Lee Elias is an author, an entrepreneur. He's a podcaster. He's got like 17 different podcasts, <laughs> coach. And uh, he's been, he's had me on his shows. And so we were thrilled to return the favor and welcome Lee to the podcast. Uh, Lee, thanks so much for doing this. Finally. I mean, how many times does a guy have to ask a guy out? You know, Seth, there was enough times that I was worried that we were going to break up and never talk again. And I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm really uh, excited to be here. I've been I've been wanting to join you on your show for a long time. I love what you do. I'm proud to be part of the countdown to 300, however that manifests itself. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a minute, man. But but I'm not gonna lie, to you. I, I prepared for this. I was excited about this. I was telling my employees about this today. I was like, I'm, nice. I'm back on comics, and they were yeah. so excited for me. So. <laughs> It's a it's a good start for the day. Well, originally, you know, full disclosure, we were going to just talk about the recent announcements at Comic-Con. Uh, Marvel had their big unveiling of phases four, five and six. And, you know, a lot of the conversation has been about, you know, phase four and maybe a lack of direction. And that was what I thought this podcast was going to be. And as we were preparing to record Right. Um, DC has announced a couple of, of really head scratching uh, pieces of news. Um, number one, uh, first and foremost, the cancellation of a fully almost fully finished uh, Batgirl film. Now, I'll be the first person to say, you know, I wasn't losing any sleep over Batgirl. I didn't <laughs> think it was cool that Michael Keaton was in it. Right. You know, reprising his role. And obviously it was going to take place after flash uh whenever that movie gets released and that's another you know calamity 
uh, that we've talked about. And, you know, just the idea that when you have a streaming service and you can put anything on a streaming service, um, why would Batgirl not get uh, uh, some kind of a release? Uh, considering uh, there's a minority lead, it just it, the, the optics look awful. Right. Um, it seems to be a complete shift in what uh, Warner Brothers was, you know, Discovery. And, you know, I'm all for downsides. Like, I, I always said that we were in a glutton. There was too much stuff. But canceling a made movie that cost you $90 million to make, I, I fail to see the logic. Yeah, you know, there's a few things on that. One is that I, what they're saying or what we're reading is that, well, I got really poor reviews. And I, I don't know if I buy that. I, I think this has screenings and it, and it tested right. really poorly. I, I think this probably has to more do with storytelling and where they want to go with their storytelling. I mean, Warner Brothers under new leadership, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they're cutting back on a lot of things. They also uh, canceled another uh, movie in development. I think Scoob 2 was was just canceled, and they had yeah. put 40 million into that already. So these are these are kind of tectonic plate moving. Yeah, yeah. So my it's belief crazy is because that, you spent the money. Like again, right. forget the fact that it's Batgirl and and we're superhero fans, so we'd go see Batgirl. The fact is is that you have something that you right. made, you paid money to make. All those actors got paid. Right. Well, and again, Seth, this is what I think. I think the only reason they would have done that is if they're going to take their their storytelling in a completely different direction. It didn't fit in. It would have ruined that. And look, with what's going on with Ezra Miller and, uh, you know, the impending Flash film, which I think is going to really shake up their multiversal, uh, you know, cinema in the sense of this. You know, I, I said before, Marvel is using the multiverse to expand. DC is going to use the multiverse to concise. Right. And then you have Dwayne Johnson in this uh, kind of ether as well, who's probably dictating a lot more than other actors where they want to go with DC. So my thought process is this, is they're, they're going to close whatever the current, you know, DCU character. Yeah. Jason Momoa, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, right. Ben Affleck. Right. That's going to end. That's going to end with Flash. Right. They're bringing in Michael Keaton. I'm my guess I'm trying to think like a, a, a Warner Brothers executive, which is really hard, is they're going to quadruple down on Keaton and quadruple down on Dwayne Johnson. And they're going to find a way to move forward with with those starting a new uh, DCU, if you will. All right. Now, and again, we talked before about Michael Keaton. I, I personally think they're trying to go towards Batman Beyond. Right. And if 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 uh, Batgirl doesn't fit into that. Did you or, think that? You know, but you thought that before the cancellation of this movie. Of See, course. I think course, the cancellation yeah. of this movie has to do more about uh, a change in the focus in they want to just, ch you know, change where they're putting dollars. You know, right. my theory, and we did a podcast about this uh, a couple of years ago when DC fired uh, a bunch of the executives, like the editor of the comic book. And I said, you know, it's more a statement of I thought they were getting ready to sell. Right. Right. And what I didn't think, I didn't think it was going to be part of Warner Brothers Discovery. I thought Warner Brothers was going to sell off DC. And one of the, the rumors at the time, I remember doing this podcast, was uh, Disney was rumored to be interested in DC. And so the statement could be made that the next time you saw Superman in a movie, it would be in an Avengers movie. 
Like wow. there, there, there was there was that there was a real possibility. And the joke was when I started this podcast, I said, I never want to do who's stronger, Superman or the Hulk. But now right. we're going to get into that world. And right. and once that didn't happen and Warner Brothers held on to D.C., this change, the selling off of the CW, which I think plays into this. And then there's the Ezra Miller situation. If you had told me Warner Brothers announced that they had canceled the Flash, right, Wouldn't have I'd shocking. buy it. Right, that I'd buy, not Batgirl. And that's why the optics are so bad on Batgirl is because regardless of what you did with Batgirl, you still have this colossal clusterfuck uh, <laughs> it, coming up with the Flash because if you put it in theaters and you have to do any kind of marketing, you can't have Ezra Miller in front of cameras. Right. Yeah, absolutely right. It, it, it's going to be interesting, again, to see where they go and where they're trying to focus their storylines. And look, the, the Flash television show is getting an abbreviated season here. So that's ending the Arrowverse, right? Well, so we're going to do a clean that, stop here. But part of that was the CW. And, and we did this on the podcast. Right. Uh, um, we talked to Eric Wallace, the the, the idea, the, the showrunner. Um, part of the, the the problem was with the CW sale is they wanted to cut everything. Right. And they needed commodity to keep the sale price up. Like, I, I think that the, the Flash ending now, you know, with the change in the Flash movie schedule, the Flash movie takes place right after season nine ends. Right. If they want to tie the two together, they can't. Right. Um, I have read rumors that they talked about what it would take to reshoot this movie. Supposedly, he's in like 98% of this movie. Yeah, I, I don't know if do they the need to reshoot movie. it. You'd have to do yeah. the whole movie over again. Like you just need a really good PR campaign. And and like it depends on how the movie goes, but it depends on the direction they're going. So again, with, with Batgirl being canceled, I mean, like I just have a hard time thinking in the long run of DC really movie. canceled. Do you think that this is just a, a, a ploy to get a, a social media buzz and then all of a sudden they, they say, you know what? Because the fans wanted it, we're going to give them what they want. Here's back. Boy, I hope not. That would be a really bad way of doing it and way too much of a risk. Because then if the movie is as bad as they're saying it is, you have a problem. Now, again, I would never have handled it this way. Like you said, maybe put it out on, on HBO Max. I don't know why they didn't take that avenue. And that's why my brain keeps going. It must have something to do with the story, not so much the acting or the film. Uh, if it's not going to be congruent to the direction they want to go, then, you know, again, it's a it's a huge dollar sign down the toilet. But long term, it you know, billions later, you know, no one's going to remember it again. Don't agree with it. I, I think, you know, test audiences aren't a big enough, you know, group to know what's going on. So, again, that's why I think it's a storyline issue and not so much just bad viewings. The other story, and this is not confirmed at the time that we're uh, recording this. But by the time you listen to this, these, you know, we might be in the future and you can tell me how the flying car is. Um uh, there's reports that uh, uh, DC is going to reschedule and push back uh, Shazam 2 and uh, Aquaman 2. And no one knows uh, what that's all about. But yet they announced a Joker 2, which is, God forbid, um, something that should never have been made because, let's be honest, Joker 1 sucked. I, I just don't need another Joker. I, I don't need another one to follow. I thought the first one had a good start and a finish, and it, it you can interpret that film however you want. I just the tripling down on oh people like this and not understanding your audience with DC boggles my mind on a year to year basis. And, you know, you started this about Test you know these yeah. these decisions that they make. I mean, that's nothing new. Like the way I approach DC, 
films is it's going to be a hot mess. If you approach it knowing it's going to be a hot mess, it's actually more enjoyable. Right. But but there hasn't been anything congruent there. I, 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 I Here's the other thing, too, I think about a lot, Seth, is Michael Keaton said a lot. I will never do a movie again. I will never do this again unless the script is fantastic. Right. So right. something must have intrigued him. He doesn't have to do this. Uh, you know, Birdman was all about this. <laughs> so it's like it's like there's a choice here from him to come back. So something must have intrigued him to the point that he wants to do this. That's why I think they're going to be banking on him. And, and look, they got Dwayne Johnson. I'm going to say it again. Like Dwayne Johnson keeps saying the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. I, I believe him. Right. So I just think they're going to go in a completely different direction. They're going to leave all of these old properties behind. And, and that, that means chopping off Batgirl, which, again, unfortunate optics, as you said, horrendous, horrendous. But they're banking on five, ten years from now that no one's going to really remember that. It's going to become another another Superman right uh, film. That, that, that disappears and, and no one will care. But yeah, it, it was an interesting call to say the least. Pristineauction.com is the most trusted memorabilia auction site with an A-plus BBB rating. Auctions on pristineauction.com start at just $1. And each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available. So you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices. There's comic books, trading cards, action figures, great items to add to your collections. Before the show, I was looking at some of the items that are available, including a signed poster by Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, David Prowse, and Peter Mayhew from the Star Wars trilogy. That's incredible. Uh, Rocky's boxing shorts from Rocky IV. There's a lot of comic book art, too. Todd McFarlane signed guitar. Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner signed a Star Trek issue. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item when you use the code JUSTICE. Again, that's pristineauction.com. Use code JUSTICE and get $10 off your first item one. Meanwhile, just like five days prior, Marvel had their big announcement at Comic-Con. First of all, I, I don't read too much into this. I don't ever feel the, the need to go to Comic-Con. You know, um, we live in an age of social media that, you know, if, if there's news to be made, um, just wait 10 minutes and it'll be out on, <laughs> on social media. Um, all you suckers who waited online to see um, trailers, they're, they're on YouTube. I, I, I don't know. I, I just I don't see I like Comic Cons. Don't get me wrong. And I, I work at Comic Cons sometimes, but I, I don't see the 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 value um, in 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 being there. That being said, um, phase four, they announced the, the two uh, final properties of phase four, uh, She-Hulk, which is coming to Disney Plus and uh, Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever. Um, She-Hulk she looks great. It has a crap load of cameos. Something I thought Ms. Marvel could have used. Just a couple of little nuggets. You know, a little, give me, give me a little fan service. Um, yeah. yeah during, th during Ms. Marvel. Um, right. I, you know, I, I didn't, I, I liked Ms. Marvel. I don't like, I just wished it was a little more Marvel and a little less of her backstory. Um, that being said, um, I'm interested in She-Hulk. It just seems like phase four, and I'll throw this out at you, is rudderless. 
<laughs> it's like it's it's all over the place. Um, Black Widow is the I'm sorry movie. Uh, you know, we should have made this after Civil War. Uh, Shang-Chi, too much Aquafina. Uh, Eternals, I'm still trying to understand. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man's the dumbest hero in the world. Um, Doctor Strange was all over the place. Right. Connected to WandaVision. Um, Thor Love and Thunder was uh, yuck, yuck, yuck. And <laughs> last story, story, story. It just was, it, it's been literally all over the place. What's your thought on the finale of this phase that, that that this phase you know had to follow phase three which was epic right and, you know it's funny so you're gonna get some more of this waterless stuff she hulk has fourth wall breaks which we haven't seen in yeah. this mcu before it, it makes me. Me. I, I, yeah. like that. oh no i i love fourth wall but i'm like i'm a huge deadpool fan right, right, right but it's right. like that, that's something we've never seen really outside what what if right what right. if had a couple fourth wall breaks so that makes you wonder where they're going with that you know when i look at phase four I also equate it to phase one. And I think about if phase one was happening now and we didn't, you know, or, or we knew a lot about the MCU, how would we have looked at phase one? Because phase one was was disconjointed in a lot of ways as well. Um, it did give us a, hey, we're moving towards the Avengers, right? So when you say rudderless, I think with phase four, it's where are we going? And what I'm seeing uh, is the the foundations of a lot of different, Groups. I mean, look, look, one thing phase four did give us is all of the young Avengers are now introduced, right? So that's been created. Uh, obviously, the multiverse being opened, that's been created. So my, my thing with phase four is it's probably going to be a lot like uh, Thor the Dark World in the sense of, you know, phase five and phase six, we'll be able to look back at phase four and go, oh, that's how that connected. Mm. Now, that's something that the MCU and Disney has afforded themselves. That's not something anyone else can do. In this day and age, you couldn't just put out an Eternals movie and wait. Well, right? like Eternals and Moon Knight in the same year. Right. And and like, and they do not connect. Like, and again, look, Moon Knight, Midnight Suns, right? Uh, Eternals, I have no idea how they're going to bring that one back in yet. No, Nobody does, but it's well, Everything about Eternals was, where were right. you? Like, right. you have all these, like, Doctor Strange, like, where are the Eternals? Why aren't they helping? Right. Right. And and the other thing, too, with the Eternals is, you know, they, they kind of explain it away with that one liner of just, oh, we're not supposed to be involved, which is weak. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I think about that. It's like they, they put that movie out at a very specific time because it, they already know how it's going to fit in. Right. And for whatever reason, this is almost like the Black Widow. I don't want to call it a mistake, but it was too late. Maybe they're thinking ahead to the point of, look, let's put this out now because we can't just have them show up in phase five and no one knows who they are. Um, and look, when you look at the larger villains, um, look, we're going to probably talk about this. Obviously, we know Kang is on the horizon. Dr. Doom is on the horizon at some point. Mm -hmm. Right. And that will play into this. Um, and again, yes, it's a little weird that there's there's a gigantic, you know, godlike creature in the middle of the ocean and no one has mentioned it in any other films. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the Eternals is the one. All the other properties in phase four, you can kind of start to guess, OK, this is where this is heading. Right. Eternals, I have no idea outside some cosmic level event that we don't know about yet. But yeah, I mean, look, there's said to be um, the Guardians holiday special is going to be coming out. Apparently there's a Halloween special coming, but nobody knows Guardians much about three that. also. Yep. Right. So to close well, that's, this, that's phase, all in phase five, but, but right. we, but the one thing we haven't gotten to, and it's the elephant in the room and that is uh black Panther uh, right. Wakanda forever. Um, there are two questions that to me have to be answered. Uh, when did Marvel, no, Chadwick Boseman had cancer. Right. 
And if the answer to that is before Infinity War and Infinity and Endgame, um, then this movie was always part of the plan. You know, somebody has told me on a on a number of occasions that in order to get insurance for films like this, you have to go through a physical. Marvel had to know, like, th- there's no way Marvel didn't know that he had cancer. So I guess my question to you is, do you think that Black Panther 2 is a movie that was part of the plan or is this a make good because Chadwick Boseman died? It's a tough question to answer. Um, and this is what I'll say. Right. We're, we're in, speculating in, here. You don't know. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, look, I think somebody knows somebody listening to this knows. Yeah, Not not to get dark, but with look, cancer can turn so quickly. Right. So there's every possibility he was fighting that making headway. And then it turned very quickly. Um, I, I don't personally think Marvel had a plan for this film knowing he was going to pass. I think some of this is retrospective of him passing. I'm not saying they didn't have the the loose sides of a story or maybe they knew this was a possibility, but I don't think they planned on it being this way. Um, with that said, look, if I'm Disney, we're, we're the greatest storytellers on the planet, right? Some of the pivots they've done have been incredible to me and, and not just to make things make sense, but to do it in a way that is unbelievably caring and, and thoughtful towards the person that's passed. So, no, I don't I don't think they planned this film knowing he was going to pass. But, I, you know, I'm sure there's elements in the film that were going to be there. Um, I think that Disney does a great job and Marvel does a great job of taking something unexpected like that and turning it into an amazing uh, you know, memorial to that person, but also a story that they didn't have prior. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, unlike Star Wars. So that I, I don't think that that they planned on this film being the way it was. I think this was done in retrospect. That's, that's just my gut. Maybe, maybe, I, yeah. I mean, I, but that, I do think they knew though, Seth, like, like, I don't, I don't think they didn't know he was sick. I just don't know if they were planning a film, like he's going to die. Let's plan this, this film now. I, I don't, well, I don't the know. weird part is, is in the, in the first black Panther, he dies. Right. And they bring him back to life, you know? And, and so the question then becomes, uh, what, what was the plan? Like wh- what was always, what was always the plan? Like, you know, I, I brought this up on the podcast in the past. Um, you know, they filmed Infinity War and Endgame before they filmed, for example, Captain Marvel. Right. Uh, Samuel Jackson was not signed to be in Captain Marvel. The main antagonist was going to be Phil Coulson. Right. The They get a chance to do Samuel Jackson. My argument to Marvel is during Tony Stark's funeral, you need some kind of a walkaway scene between Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson. Carol Danvers just came back to Earth and is for the first time seeing Nick Fury. Right. They have to talk. You know what I mean? Like that. That's you know, and 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 that complaint, you know, never costs Marvel money, but that scene could have happened. Right. Um, in the recent Thor movie, there were two examples of where they can tie continuity together. The first scene with uh, Natalie Portman uh, when Jane Foster's getting chemo treatment and Darcy comes to visit and they're bullshitting about a book. Right. right. And I'm like, hey, Darcy, where were you? Weren't you just in Westview, New Jersey? Like, right. what what in the world was going on there? Like, and again, I'm not saying you have to have flashbacks. You're not you don't have to do anything with 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 the movie. You don't have to sh- shoot anything 
major, but have Kat Dennings say, holy fuck, did you see that? That was nuts. <laughs> right. The other I- one was when uh, when Thor is recounting the relationship between Jane and him. And in reality, the last time you had seen Jane was Age of Ultron. Right. In the interim, you faced Thanos. Where was Jane during this whole thing? You yeah, but, that. Like, that's yeah. what you do. Like, stop with the yucks and give me a little bit more. Because if you tie this in together a little bit more, it changes your whole perception on that film. Right. But And look, Love and Thunder was Ragnarok on steroids in the sense of let's make all the characters funny and do one-liners. And it's, it's very Taika Waititi in nature. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. The Darcy scene, there could have been something there. With I, 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 we did talk about this once. You know, we do know Jane was blipped by that conversation. It was very subtle, but you know, her timeline of being away from Thor is five years shorter than Thor's. Right, right. So, but like again, they don't mention it that she got blipped. It's just, oh no, I've been around. But yeah, that movie was just hot, heavy Taika Waititi. Move fast and don't, don't, don't get too. But don't deep. advance the story. I, right, I, I guess right. the point is, if every one of these things, whether it's a show or a movie, is a chapter in a book. Like it's this massive book, this Marvel right. book, right? Like that's a chapter. If I'm reading chapter 36, whatever, you know, whatever iteration the Thor movie is, and you can reference something from chapter 21. Right. Holy moly. The, like the it, difference, it makes though, it a better book. And that's what right. comics do great. The the difference is they, they know you're coming to the movies no matter what. They just know. So, they, they, you know, in a comic Good book, point. you have to do that, right? They, they know you're coming. Look, look, after Eternals, they know you're going to see it. <laughs> They know you're well, coming and back. That's the thing. Like we're all in for, for right. all of this. Well, like, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll say this. Look, look, I enjoyed the last two episodes of Moon Knight, but when I was watching Moon Knight, even I was like, I need some connection here because this is taking up actually a lot of my time. And I wanted to feel like it's worth my time. I'm not looking to create and watch a new show right now that I don't know how it connects. Now, again, I think they are going to do that. They, they, there's definitely been a little bit of a turn here towards the end of this phase of, hey, we are going to start connecting things. Miss Marvel had several Easter eggs. Sure. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. Um, I understand why they didn't do more cameos in that. They needed that character to stand on their own from a, a moral front, a PR front, a character front. Um, and look, Thor, Love and Thunder, the biggest, and again, I don't know how much you want to go into this, uh, but the ending, right? The ending scene introduced another young Avenger, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like that, there's a lot of big things going on. Like the Thunderbolts have been introduced. Young Avengers have been introduced. The Midnight Suns have been introduced. Um, now, I don't know how well versed people watching the films know those groups. Uh, obviously, Miss Marvel massive ending there to introduce a whole nother fray of Marvel characters. I don't know if, if we're going to talk about that yet. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Well, no, we're, we'll, you know? we're going to get into phase five and six right. and uh, right. just kind of putting four to bed. And yeah, you're sure. right. It, yeah. You, you made the, you made the point earlier. If, if the point of phase five and six make these movies make sense, right? Because what the shows have done, you know, WandaVision made me watch age of Ultron again. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I care about these characters and I have access because of Disney Plus. I have access to their other properties. Right. Like it's they, a library. Right. And they, they're building this library where in 20 years you can come back and watch all of these. Uh, so there's the longevity of that. But yeah, look, phase four was also we should we should mention this heavily impacted by covid. Um, Correct. I think you know, a lot Great of decisions point. were made 
because COVID happened. You know, WandaVision was supposedly had a different ending. A lot of production was done during this. Loki, and, and, Loki was yeah. uh, half the half the show. They were sitting on a train talking six feet apart. Right. Right. You know, it's it's so there was a lot of decisions made clearly because of COVID that, you know, I can't blame him for. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful we even had these shows during COVID, to be perfectly Correct. honest with you. So, uh, you know, I think when we look back on that, we just have to remember that. And I always I always ask myself too, Seth, like, you know, what, what am I what are we owed versus what we're getting? Well, it's um, not, we're, you know, we're not owed anything. Yeah, we, right, we live in a right. world where we have this, but exactly. We, yeah. But we get to have a podcast where we get to uh, criticize stuff like right. I don't want to live in a world where I just wake up in the morning and go, I'm so happy to be alive because there's this, you know, Guardians show. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like I, I, I that I can't. It's totally I can't. fair. Yeah. Um, you call them on their stuff. And, it, you know, it's just like last week uh, we were reviewing Green Lantern. There's tons of stuff in that movie that I'm like, what? What, what are you doing? <laughs> but never once yeah. is it a, is it an awful movie. Right. It's actually a really good movie. It just there's parts of it that don't make sense. Right. And I love that part of it. You know, that's, that's how, you know, we're P ones for this stuff. We're, we're going to be there opening day, you know, even if it's Morbius. Um, (laughs) I called that my, uh, my summer, uh, my, my spring uh, uh, homework assignment. I can't wait for Craven the Hunter. What are you talking about? Oh God. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's do uh, phase five. Phase five. I'll run through in timeline order. So this is in release order. Um, and we'll just we'll hit we'll hit these kind of kind of quickly. Uh, the first one is Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania in February 2023. That starts Phase Five. Right. Then later in 2023, it's a Secret Invasion. That's on Disney Plus. Then Guardians Three is in May of 2023. Uh, then in the summer of 2023, you have two shows. One which I can't wait for Echo. Uh, which is supposed to have um, uh, Matt Murdock, uh, Daredevil, and possibly Jessica Jones. <laughs> um, that's my favorite. Um, then Loki season two. Uh, Loki season two is also summer 2023. Then in July 2023, um, supposedly after those two shows, it's the Marvels. And that will be Brie Larson, but it will also be Kamala Khan, Iman Balani. Um, and much, much more, and and Monica Rambeau, and mm-hmm. and all of that tied in together. Uh, then November of 2023, uh, Mahershala Ali as Blade, uh, which is wild. Um, then you have on Disney Plus in fall of 2023, Iron Heart. That's the uh the story of um uh, Rhodey, correct? J- James Don Cheadle. I think it's going to be another young Avenger in the, from Wakanda, a young lady is going to start building her own suit of armor. And then I believe, yeah, Ironhearts and her are going to combine in that, oh, that show. I see. Yeah. Okay. So Ironheart's like a, a, a kid, Iron Man. <laughs> so it's another young Avenger. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Um, then you have uh, in winter 2023 or early 2024, you have Agatha Coven of chaos. Uh, that's better than Agatha house of Harkness. Um, <laughs> That's the incredible Catherine Hahn, Agatha Coven of Chaos. Then in spring 24, uh, they're doing Daredevil Born Again. Uh, the big story from that was 18 episodes, which is longer Massive. than any season of, of Daredevil. 
Right. Uh, and supposedly Vincent D'Onofrio's back and everybody's back. Hopefully Karen Page is yeah, back. Yeah, I'd, I'd be everybody. surprised if the defenders don't show up in that in some form. Yeah, Luke Cage and, right. and, and Iron Fist and everybody. Oh, that would be amazing. Isn't Luke Cage supposedly uh, like a club owner, you know, like a crime lord? Um, and There's then, a lot of you, ways they could do that, yeah. Yeah, and then you have in May 2024, uh, Captain America, The New World Order. That's uh, the first Captain America film with Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie as Captain America. And then it wraps up in July of 2024 with Thunderbolts, which I know from the comics, but I don't know anything. You know, you have no idea how that ties in to all of this. But hopefully we have all of that content. That is a ton, (laughs) a ton. And and I think what if is in there, too, right? Isn't there a what if season two coming as well? That's in phase six. Is it? okay? so you're right. It is a ton. It is a ton and it, it's, they know where they're going. That's the other thing I like to remind people. They're not just releasing these to release these. And look, like you, you mentioned books before, right? Any great fantasy novel, there's always two stories. There's the street level story of the war that's happening on the street level. And then there's the God story that's, you know, the galaxy and the, the all of that it's stuff. Return of the Jedi versus Rogue One. There you go. Right. That's a great that's a great point. Right. So some of these stories will tell the street level story of what's going on on Earth. Right. And and some of them will tell the more galactical multiversal story of what's going on. And I think it's tough sometimes. Remember that like Hawkeye had nothing to do with the multiverse. Right. That was OK. It was a great show. I really enjoyed that. So you, right. you got to when Hawkeye's fighting, when 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 that that uh, Christmas tree uh, Rockefeller Center uh, fight scene, you're not saying Hey, by the way, where's Thor? Right, that's you know, very true. That in a multiverse, that you know, that's the Agents of Shield argument. You know, right. Agents of Shield was great when the when in the beginning, when everything tied into the MCU, when they started having these these world bearing uh, battles. You're like, could someone call Tony Stark? Right. Like, w- what are you doing this? Well, what- and you're going to have a, that issue with Spider-Man moving forward. Although they have said Spider-Man's going to be a street-level hero moving forward, he's not going to be doing the bet, the big adventures anymore. But right, and you I'll know, call, I'll call bullshit on that. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, he's too big of a property. Like, right. uh, I, we we have this discussion a lot about you know when you look at one, two in comic books, it's Batman and Spider-Man kind of back and forth depending on the year. Uh, well, so right, and the whole of idea of the MCU, and you and I haven't had this conversation, but the whole idea of the MCU is, you know, they hit home runs with B, a C, and sometimes right. D level heroes, whereas you know their first, their 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 one and one A is Spider Man and the X Men, right? Whereas yep. DC, getting it back to DC, they have you know the A's, you know, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman are their their holy trinity. Right. You know, and the movies they're having success with are Aquaman and Shazam. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, what's funny is I've always deciphered the two is is Marvel is humans trying to be gods and DC is gods trying to be human. Right. And that's why I think Marvel has always resonated cinematically more with a viewing audience. Plus, the quality of the cinema is far better. Right. But, you know, when you look at DC, what is Shazam? He is a human trying to be a god. Aquaman, he is someone who wants to be human. He's a god, but the way they tell that story is he's just an everyman. It's it's the superheroes that have a hard time telling their stories. But um, I think that's something Marvel just does better than anybody else. And um, yeah, I mean, do we want to run through these? I've got notes on some of them. Yeah, tell I, me, I, tell me, tell me what you got. Yeah, so look, I think Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania is going to be the big kind of Kang coming out of wherever he's at. I think we're going to find out that the TVA is in the quantum realm. Um, we saw in Ant-Man 2 that there is a city in the quantum realm, 
Uh, I feel like they have to explain that. I feel like that should be the TVA. So I think a lot of that's going to come together. Um, Secret Invasion, uh, obviously the scrolls and Nick Fury. I think that's what it's going to be about. Here's a prediction for you. I think a major, I don't ask me who, but I think it's going to be unveiled that a major MCU character is actually a scroll and has been a scroll the entire time. I think that would be game changing in a lot of ways. I don't know which one it would be though. Um, in Guardians 3, uh, again, Gamora is obviously going to have a role. It's been been rumored she might be leading the Ravagers at that point. Um, and then we know it's going to be a closing of that story. Um, you know, the uh, the High Evolutionary, Adam Warlock. I mean, these are all characters that could tie into mutants in the future. Um, again, one of the things that's funny about Marvel, man, you know, they've opened the door to mutants. They've opened the door to lots of things. But I think what happens is us as, as comic book people go, well, let's get to it. Let's get to it. And, and Marvel's like, we'll get to it in 2025 when we feel like getting to it. We just wanted to introduce it. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, Echo, you know, I wonder if uh, Contessa is going to show up, if that's going to kind of start introducing the Thunderbolts. Obviously, Daredevil should be in that show if Kingpin's in the show. Uh, Kingpin plays a role with a lot of different uh, MCU characters. So that could open stuff up uh, to kind of the the, um, the Defenders and, and Echo should be great. Uh, no, I have no could idea what imagine, they're going to do. Could you imagine Loki. the defender show up? At a they have to. I mean, they. Have... Oh my God. Why would you not do that? I mean, and and a lot of this it comes down to how they're going to. You'll see. You'll see flip. a tweet from me the second I know that. Right. The second I know that Kristen Ritter is anywhere near the set, I will be going. Bananas. Well, here's the thing. In in She Hulk, you know, we they've already confirmed that Daredevil is going to be in that, and I think that his introduction That's because of that little clip of the trailer, right? Right. And at the end, they show him at the very end. I mean, it's it's obviously him. So I think the way they reintroduce him is going to be really important. Um, is is it the rated R Netflix Matt Murdock or is this a different Matt Murdock? Is this a multiversal Matt Murdock? There's a hundred ways you could go with it. And obviously we've seen Matt Murdock in Spider-Man. So we know he's around. Right. So, you know, what happens when you go from rated R down to PG or PG-13? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, no idea what's going to happen in Loki. Um, other than it's probably going to advance the Kang storyline and the multiverse storyline, um, you know, and then the Marvels, as you said, it's it's Photon, Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel uh, probably doing an adventure starting on Earth, but advancing. That's where I think Eternals might come back in. I could see that connecting to that. Um, as we said, Ironheart is going to be Rhodey leading the Ironheart character from Wakanda, um, who is like, like basically Tony Stark reborn. Um, but it's not Shuri. It's not Shuri. No, this is a whole new character, okay. right? Uh, unless they they want to look. Look, here's the thing. They they've kind of said with with uh, Black Panther that oh, you don't know who the new Black Panther is going to be. I assume that's going to be Shuri. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Okay. Um, but no, there's a, this is a whole new character, Ironheart, um, that is essentially going to become Iron Man. So, um, or or Iron Woman, if you will. Um, Coven of Chaos, Agatha. I actually think that's going to tie into Blade. Um, hmm. it, the MCU has introduced there's magic magic, there's god magic, there's different planes of existence. So I think they're going to start to explore these different planes. And when you think about it, um, in in uh, um, Moon Knight, the only connection in Moon Knight to the MCU was they talked about the ancestral realm, right? Hmm. So there's layers to the afterlife. And then we know there's layers to the multiverse and there's layers to other things. So how they explore these with different characters, I think the MCU is creating small groups to explore mini Avengers, if you will, 
where we're going to get different shows with different groups attacking different things. And the Avengers films are going to be now where all these groups come together, not just characters. So just finishing this off, uh, yeah, Daredevil Born Again. Wow, 18 episodes. Wow. Uh, again, let me say this again. If the Defenders are not in that, <laughs> what are you doing? You'd be shocked. Uh, but yeah, 18 episodes is a lot of storytelling. Uh, and it's very intentional storytelling. So I'm interested in that. Um, I do think with Captain America, I, I, I think Sam's going to show up several times before that film. I, I really hope he doesn't just show up at the end of Daredevil and is like, I'm here. Um, I just think that's going to be, again, the street level, what's going on in the world of the Earth, right? The Earth uh, storylines. And then Thunderbolts, that's going to be the, the we talked about phase four. Here's Contessa now bringing U.S. agent together, Zemo, um, you know, uh, other people together to create the Thunderbolts, which is, you know, the uh, Suicide Squad, obviously, of the MCU. Uh, interesting that they're going to be ending on that, but I th- I'm excited about that. And, and again, a lot of these shows are showing the connections back to Phase 4. And again, we'll get to Phase 6 in a minute, but you're starting to see the groups come together. Moon Knight will be there. Blade will be there. Uh, and and Shang-Chi and will be there. Yeah, Shang-Chi is another one that, that you know, we already know there's one coming. We don't know when. That's probably Phase 7, but uh, maybe, right? So you're starting to see, this is my belief, they are creating smaller groups in the MCU. Young Avengers will be a thing. X-Men are obviously coming, although I think it's going to be a long time before we see any kind of X-Men coming together. Uh, you have the Midnight uh, Suns, okay? Then you have the Avengers that are left over from the original film, right? And I think that's what the Avenger films are going to be, is the connection of all of these groups. So you have the Guardians, right? Where are they going to go? Where's that going to go? We don't know where Thor's going to be. So these are kind of the classic MCU questions of when are these characters going to come back? And I think we're starting to see the groundwork of when they might show up now. Well, the interesting aspect, you know, again, it goes back to did did Marvel know? Um, I always thought the cool way to introduce the X-Men would have been in Black Panther 2, have T'Challa meet Aurora Monroe. Right. And, and that, that you may still see her in that film. Well, that's the thing. Like, right. where does that go? And then does that introduce the world? I know uh, Kamala Khan was called a mutant and the word mutants in the involved. But I, I just think there's there's going to be a creative introduction. And I'm I'm glad that it's not the movies. You know what I mean? Like the X-Men run was was a was a run just right. like I don't want to see. Um, you know, I like the idea of of a new Wolverine and a new Cyclops. Yeah, like, me too. I, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, that doesn't mean those movies weren't great. Just like you gave me another Peter Parker. Right. You know, Twice. and yeah, you, you gave me fan service <laughs> and I got to see Tobey Maguire. The thing right. about Tobey Maguire is Tobey Maguire was a hero. Right. You know, watch that scene in Spider-Man 2. Netflix has been showing it in their little teaser window. Um, the scene where uh, Peter has to stop the subway train. Right. You know, show me anything. In Tom Holland's run, and it's not Tom Holland, the actor. He's great. But, uh, Lee, we have a, a rule on the podcast. Uh, Green Lantern was great. In, um, uh, Ryan Reynolds was great as Green Lantern. It's not his fault he fought a cloud. <laughs> you know, Tom Holland is a fantastic actor, and he looks just like Peter Parker. He's the dumbest superhero I've ever seen. Right. And... You've seen now him in six or seven movies where his mistakes cost him every time. Right. It's going to be interesting with Spider-Man now that they've told his origin, if you will, quote quotations there. 
how he ends up being a hero now that uh, Peter Parker is not known by anybody. Um, so I think you might start to see him in that situation. I agree. Like like Spider Man Two with Tobey Maguire was one of the best comic book films ever made. Uh, in every it's just class, it's just heroic. You know? And you know we yeah. had uh, we had uh, John Semper on a couple of weeks ago, and he's the creator of the Spider Man animated series. And just the idea that to me is the best iteration of the character. Easily. And yeah. he's always, always in college. He's always in college. When Peter Parker's in high school, you can't tell the story better. Right. Well, and, and well, you know, we have freshman year coming too. That's another one uh, that but that's that a prequel. It is. And, and well, you know what they've said? And again, uh, I've read, I should say, that that's not Tom Holland's exact origin. It's almost a standalone, which I don't know why they would do that. That doesn't um, make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I hope that's not true. But yeah, look, it's going to be interesting to, to see where they go. Look, they brought Spider Man in the MCU because they could, right? That's why he was there. And and as we said, it, he's top top one or two of comic book heroes, period, not just right. MCU. So they brought him in. It'll be interesting to see how they bring him back into uh, some of these stories. And look, you said it before, like, you know, why is Spider Man not showing up in shows in New York? Right. Shouldn't he be there in New York uh, when, when something's going on? Like, why was he not in Hawkeye? Now, I, I, I know why, <laughs> but I'm saying like it would have made sense for him to show up in that moment. Um, also, you know, we have to remember this, too. Spider-Man three takes place immediately after Spider-Man two. It starts within seconds right. of Spider-Man two ending. So that different time period. Right. Um, but yeah, I think phase five. And again, look, you got to equate some of these phases back to one through three and like what they accomplished. Phase two in uh, the MCU was really a great phase, but it just pushed the story towards Thanos, really, when you think about it and what would happen in phase three eventually. So that's what's going to happen here. I think they're going to lead heavy in on Kang. And, and don't get me wrong. I think Kang is a major big baddie for phase uh, five and six. But I actually think it's I don't want to use the word ruse. But I think that there's a larger villain coming beyond Kang. Um, and and if we, as we transition to phase six, I think it's Dr. Doom. I think Dr. Doom is going to be introduced very slowly here. And I think that that's going to become the next uh, enemy, right? Because Kang is a, an incredible villain, but it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of close that storyline, especially with phase six. I'm sure you want to go through it, starting with Fantastic Four. So you can't do Fantastic Four without Dr. Doom in some form. Yeah. Uh, so, so do you think when they introduce the Fantastic Four, there's, it, it, it is, it is immediately connected, or will they tell a Fantastic Four story and have a post-credit scene where, oh, by the way, you know, Reed Richards goes to, uh, uh you know, the Avengers Tower. I think that those characters are all going to be introduced prior to that film. And I think that that film is going to tell a story. I don't think it's going to be an origin film. Well, they've said um, it's not an origin, right. but right. But I guess the question that, you know, then comes is, you know, just what's the it, it, it doesn't have to be a we got our powers. How tied in will that Fantastic Four film be? But you know what? I, I just think the thing with Fantastic Four is so much is going to happen between now and then. Right. It's impossible. <laughs> you're, 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 right. Yeah. You, you'll know. Uh, and that's when you get to the finale, which is the Avengers. There's, they announced two of them. You know, they don't have directors. Um, or I guess they have one director, the Kang dynasty is the first one. And then just six months later, uh, the secret wars. Right. And with a film in between that we don't know what that's going to be. Right. An untitled film in between. Right. right. So look, here's, let me just mention some confirmed titles that have no dates yet. 
because there's a lot of dates in phase six without a title. So I don't know if these are going to be phase six or beyond, but we know there's a Deadpool film coming. No idea how that's going to play in. Um, I always said, I thought it would be funny if Deadpool two was just where was Deadpool during the first six phases, right? Just, just walk me through where he was and why he wasn't involved. I think that could be really funny. Um, we know armor wars is coming. All right. We know that Shang-Chi two has been announced. Spider-Man four has been announced. Um, but do you uh, want Deadpool to be traveling in a multiverse like from the Fox universe, you know, where he knows Wolverine and 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 all those guys um, to the Marvel universe and have Daredevil have to adjust to being there? And maybe he gets to see um, his girlfriend again. I think that if the writing is good, Ryan, you know Reynolds what I'm saying? Because Deadpool yeah, is so yeah. connected with that X-Men, but I don't want that X-Men in this universe. Yeah, well, look, what's what's beautiful about Deadpool is that fourth wall break. He can just explain to the audience what's happening the entire time, and it makes the story a lot easier. And again, look, Ryan Reynolds is perfect. I, I've been saying since Van Wilder that he is Deadpool. <laughs> I mean, if you ever watch that film, which did not age well, he's Deadpool in that film, Yeah. right? But I, I think, yes, there's going to be- an interview. A... He said it's the most, it's the crowning moment of his uh, career is getting that movie made. Which, Deadpool? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, I love I loved how they did it. They released that kind of test footage and it went crazy. Um and, and look, look, that's just another telltale sign of sometimes the studios do not know what's best. Right? Uh Ryan Reynolds is a fan of the character. He knew people wanted it. Um and look, when you live in Hollywood, you know, you're you're living in a dome, right? You, you don't see everything. So it, it, with that said, it's amazing what Marvel and Disney have accomplished knowing that right but yeah look i think that film has to be him explaining how he got here now however that is and then like i said i'd love for him to walk through events in the mcu from his perspective i think it could be hilarious um do i think it's going to tie into the larger mcu you know what i'll answer that after she hulk i want to see how they do show show me ball breaks right right? as you see more things happen that's right. how you'll know. And then right. that, that'll be the question. All right. One final question to kind of tie it all together uh, as we, we, we look at these things. So you're now seeing 2023, 2024 and 2025 mm-hmm. in Marvel. What is an executive at DC thinking while they're watching all this? Uh, if I'm a DC executive, I'm not watching it. I'm am I filing? <laughs> am I looking, you know, am I going to, uh, you know, indeed.com and trying to get another job or, are, are no, you punting or, no. or is there a chance? Like if you're Jim Lee right now, right. If you're, if you're Jeff Johns right now, can you say, give me a mulligan, give me a do over. I can do this. I, cause in every iteration in my life, I was always a DC fan and a Marvel observer. Right. So a few things, right. DC has always worked better on television than in the films. Right. That, that doesn't make any sense. What what doesn't make sense? It's that true, it, but oh, it doesn't it, make yeah. any sense. It well, it, it's the way no it reason is. for that. Yeah, so yeah, I want to make sure I understood what you meant by that. So yeah. look, it's true. Here's the deal. And this is the business version of me starting. If I am DC, if I am Warner Brothers, if I'm HBO, stop looking at Marvel. You're not Marvel. You're never going to be Marvel and you don't need to be Marvel. You stood on your own for many years without having to do that. A lot of the mistakes that DC has made cinematically is trying to be Marvel. Right. And understanding, and, and this is where I get upset, understanding that if we put a, a Superman movie out, a Batman movie out, we are going to make billions of dollars. So just and, do it. Yeah. Right. And that's the problem. So stop looking at Marvel. Look inward at what makes DC great. 
and start to lean into that. What you don't want to do, Seth, and this is where DC always loses me, is fracture your storytelling where, okay, the Joker's going this way. It's a totally different multiverse. This Joker's going that way. Uh, these characters going this way. Consolidate, start again. I'm, I'm totally okay with them starting again. And just get into good DC storytelling, which you have a hundred years of source material to go from. I liked the darker super. I'm one of the people, I loved Man of Steel. I thought that was actually a really good film. I know, I know not oh, everybody loves right. that. I, I liked I where they went I with wish that. I would have known that in the beginning. Right. Well, hey, listen, it's it's over now is my point. Like that's all done. Like they need to get back to what made DC great. I also acknowledge that Man of Steel was Lois the- Lane meets this guy and within six hours she's on an alien spaceship. Right, right. Uh-huh. Well, I, I get look, my, my point is that's them trying to be Marvel, right? And it doesn't work. Be DC. So I'm gonna say it one final time. All right. I don't think DC needs to look at Marvel. You're going to make money anytime you release something. Okay, it, it's it's not a money game in terms of like, how do we get to the level of the MCU? You are never going to be there, DC, and that's okay. All right. But is it through television shows? Is it through films? You have HBO Max, right? Look at how DC, I'm sorry, Disney has formatted their model, but don't look at the storytelling. Tell your own stories. Maybe listen to your fans a bit more, too. That, that's one I've never quite understood. Like DC yeah. seems to be completely deaf when it comes to their fan base. Uh, where I actually think Marvel listens a bit, right? I, I I can see people at Marvel putting their their ears to the ground, whether it's Feige uh, or or going all the way back, you know. Of oh, I know I know these stories. That's why Star Wars is starting to have success again. Like they're listening a little bit. And then I always say this too. Last thing I'll say on this, I I call it the canon line, right? You can go up and down on that canon line a little bit, but when you start veering off, and Marvel has had problems with this too, and going a super different direction, you lose your fan base immediately. Right. Uh, we saw this in X-Men three. Right. Which which I hated <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. Um, and you've seen this in D.C. all over the place, you know. Um, so I just think you have to stay on that 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 line. All right. Uh, two questions for you, Lee. Uh, sure. Number one, how do people find you on social media? Oh, easy. Just look Lee MJ Elias across the board. That's where people can find me, uh, wherever you wherever you socialize online. We'll put that, we'll put that in the show notes. And also, um, uh, if there's anything that you heard during the course of this episode, uh, reach out to Lee directly and leave me the hell out of it. Um, <laughs> I'd be happy to discuss this with any of you. Yeah, uh, will you come back, sir? Always, always to be with you, sir. I, I mean right. that. I love your shows. I love what you do. I love your approach to this entire game, both sports and geekdom. Uh, and I mean it. It's an honor to have been here today. I appreciate it, man. That's Lee Elias. Uh, thanks for listening. Again, it's all speculation. Uh, it's kind of like a, a news episode. Uh, DC seems to be in a lot of trouble. Marvel seems to be getting their shit together. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a fascinating time. And uh, we're here next week. We're going to divert from uh, Marvel and DC. We have a full breakdown of season three of the boys we're going to talk about the boys next week right here on the hall of justice we'll see you then